a Lifetime Original Podcast. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. So, this is it, Quinn. This is this it. This is it. This is the episode. What do you well, mean this, this is, is it? This is the last episode of Crime of a Lifetime. The moment we've all been the waiting moment for. None of us wanted to, to do. <laughs> the moment none of us wanted to have. I'm Quinlan Posner. And I'm Carrie Ipema. And this is Crime of a Lifetime. This is a very bittersweet uh, time. It's time to say goodbye. Um, See you later. To our listeners, to each other. <laughs> Forever. And to life as we well, know it. Well, to lifetime as we know it, I would actually say, is where we're saying goodbye to. Correct. But you can always break you can, back in because there, there is a backlog. There is a backlog, yes. And if you haven't listened to some of our... Uh, do you call it a sister show? I feel like it's a sister show. You know, show. I feel like it's it was a, a grandmother show. Now it's a sister show because Quinn and I started by doing our show Truly Darkly Creeply. And after we shutter this show, we're going to go back to doing Truly Darkly Creeply. Truly Darkly Creeply. The year's gone fast. The year's gone slow. And the year's gone. And crime of a year's time is coming yeah, to a close. But no, we don't do this show on our own. Are you kidding? Could you imagine if it was just me and Quinn? No, that's our other show, Truly Darkly Creeply. No, this show, we work with an amazing team of producers, like truly an incredible team. Um, we'd like to introduce you to our wonderful, wonderful producer, Tanner Robbins. Hi, Tanner. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to be here today and thank you for all those beautiful lies that you None told. None of about them me were lies. They were all and... truthful. And Tanner's always here. He's always with us. Whenever you hear Carrie and I making an episode, he is in a tiny box on the screen watching and judging. And he has to turn all his camera off. So sometimes after he comes back and he goes, You couldn't see it, but I was laughing. And I'm pretty sure he's lies every time. Mm-hmm. Never, <laughs> never. What you guys don't see is I just I'm just scrolling through Twitter the whole time. You guys are doing your show, I'm not really paying attention, and um, I, I'm when I say I was laughing, I was, but I was just reading something on right. Twitter that right, made right, me right, like, right. blow air out of my nose. That's fair. No um, snorts. No, you guys are you guys are funny, and I enjoy listening to the full unfiltered oh. version of Crime of a Lifetime that the listeners do not get to hear. Also, thanks to me because I um, cut out the things. Y'all, I don't. We don't have a blooper reel, and I actually pitched that we can maybe put a blooper reel in this. Uh, I don't think it'll happen, but I think our blooper reel would be is very funny to, to me. I mean, I think we, but I, I think our listeners probably are very grateful, but that they they don't hear all of the mistakes that we make. But I just have to say, Tanner also is sort of the HBIC. I don't know if I can say head bitch in charge, but. <laughs> You can call me that. 
of all the of all of the that. gorgeous foley art too, right? Oh yeah, I mean, he does I, it with his mouth. I do. Have you all guys heard of Razel? I'm like Michael Winslow. That's like an oldie. That's an oldie. Oh my god! But no, we have like our our cutting room floor is littered with inside jokes. So I do want to pose the first question to this wonderful dream team. And also, I just have to say quickly that there is another person who is not on today, and her name is Hazel May, and she also helped this ship run smoothly. She is our researcher. She also ran episodes. She wrote uh, she wrote scripts. She's amazing. But Hazel May, we love you. We miss you. Our associate Incredible. producer, Hazel May. And Haunted House fan. <laughs> Hazel freaking May. Yes. Hazel freaking May. Hazel would be here, but she's on a beach and you know somewhere. What? And get your life. Good Amen. For her. Amen. Um, okay, so my first question I actually want to pro- oh, I want to propose to you both is um, mm. what is your favorite inside joke from this podcast? Well, you go first. <laughs> well, uh, well. <laughs> Um, we found out really that, like that if Tanner writes the word weald, <laughs> I will m- m- most often pronounce that weld, which has a very different meaning. So there were a couple takes, I think, that we tried on an episode where we just ended up changing the word <laughs> because every time I read it, that's how it came out of my mouth. It made me chuckle every time, every time. <laughs> and I think it made Tanner try to put that word in subsequent. Uh, oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, I did. I was like, like, oh, Quinn's not going to be able to say this word. Good. And that'll be funny. We actually had like, we didn't, I'm I'm sad we didn't write it down, but there was a list that was like every time Quinn would come to a word that she just couldn't say, we'd be like, add it to the list, add it to the list. I mean, my favorite, it's an OG, but bagel. Quinn says it, bagel. But that's like, I think a regional dialect. I don't know. I don't know. That's I don't I don't think people say that. I don't know. But I don't think anybody but Quinn says that. I still don't think I say it. I'll have a a bagel with creme cheese, please. (laughs) And some slammin. Some some slammin slammin. Tanner, what about you? Uh, for me, I think there are a lot of great inside jokes. Um in in crime of a lifetime most of them carry saying things that i have to cut um mm-hmm. uh, my <laughs> i don't know Oops. that's tough the one that comes to mind is bernie tita that was gonna be mine um, i love bernie tita bear yeah i know that carrie i know you love bernie tita bear um and i still don't understand it but i <laughs> i it's stuck in my head and now i now that uh we're like 20 episodes past Bernie Tita, um, I've, I'm still thinking about it and kind of wish that I had left it in there because it's like, oh, I don't know why. It's a little earworm that I keep Bernie coming T- back we to. We actually mm-hmm. thought about like, or and then we've adjusted. So for those of you who don't know, we did a case um, on Bernie Tita. Um, and for some reason, while we were recording, I think I said Bernie Tita Bear or Bernie Tita Bear <laughs> became. You Bernie. did say Bernie. Bernie, Bernie. Like Bernie. the Berenstein and Bears. And then we... <laughs> And then we had the fantasy that Carrie and I would go to Build-A-Bear and build a Barony Tita Bear to, to give to Tanner. And he would look like he'd be holding maybe some pot pies. And have, yeah, some Marie Callender's indicative pot pies. of the murder that took place. Oh, no. Well, if you don't remember that oh, case, no. it's an incredible case that happened in Texas. And it's this very 
interesting character, Bernie Tita, who essentially befriended this elderly 80, 90-year-old woman, and then he murdered her and stored her body in a freezer, um, and her body was covered with pot pies. Um, and for, who played her Jack in the movie? Black. Oh, sorry. Jack Black played God, he Tina. can really do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Such a talent. <laughs> no, who is it? It was... um. Not Shirley. Who was it? Let me look it up. Yes, Shirley, Shirley McLean. I think you're yeah, right. It was Shirley McLean. Yeah. It was Fabulous. a. Fa- it was a. What is it? What is this? What's that guy's name? He did. Boy, it was a Linklater. It was a Richard Linklater movie. Yes, Richard yeah. Linklater. It's Teddy Bear. That's what it is. Oh, I just got what, it. Bernie. Teddy wait, Bear. You Teddy did, Bear. Wait, you Teddy just Bear. got that? This inside joke. I did. You just got it. I just got Thank it. Thank God we <laughs> talked about it today. Otherwise, you you die not knowing. That's so sad. Can you imagine? I go through my whole life. I like get up to like 96 years old, fingers crossed, and I'm just like on my deathbed, and my final words are, "Teddy bear, Bernie Tita bear, oh, Teddy no. bear, yeah, no, bear needs Tita bear." I do like I to it. think that on your deathbed and you're 96, and what you're thinking about is crime of a lifetime. Yeah, I'm like, crime of a year's time. Yeah, I don't think, or like, crime of my lifetime. I don't think anyone has listened to our voices more than Tanner. Than you. I know. He's doing I'm a doing sign the, of the cross. He's doing the... He needs all yes. of the help he can get. Are you kidding? I'm doing the sign of a Jewish star. Dear Lord, thank it. you. Thank you for giving me the strength every the day. six-point star. <laughs> I'm doing the namaste. What was the most difficult part of working Ooh, with yeah, us, Yeah, I love that Tanner. one. Oh, What's the most difficult don't part Don't pretend of like you don't know the oh. answer. <laughs> I do know the answer. The most difficult part of working with the both of you as wonderful and funny and talented as you both are. Um, when I write a script, so listeners may not know this, but every week I write a script and mm-hmm. I give it to the hosts and then they work their magic, add in their jokes, um, add in other information that they want to include, uh, and then we record it. You know, we go over it and we record it. Um, sometimes I leave things out of the script that I know on purpose, um, and the hosts, you know Carrie and Quinn, <laughs> love to love to add things in that are like, this is a fun little side note tidbit that I'm going to mm-hmm. get into that Tanner did not put in the script because... I have reasons usually, um, but they decide to put it in anyway, um, and I have to cut it out later. Um, and then they will, throughout the episode, re-reference that same thing that I didn't want to be in the story because I knew that it was going to get cut um, for whatever reason. Um, and they just like keep referencing it, so I have to like go in and cut it out. So that would be that, my yeah. least favorite part. You can't hold us down. <laughs> you can't keep us contained. No. And at, at some point, I realized that I have to, you know, it's like Mama Bird. I have to just, like, push you out of the nest and let it, I don't that's not the, that's not the expression. And he always chews our food for us and then spits it into our mouths, which I also appreciate. No, 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 you know, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. I could talk about murder all day long, but nope, nope, nope. Yeah, let's. <laughs> let's uh, speaking let's of murder. Let's put a pin in that. Speaking of murder, here's a, here's a question. Yeah. Um, Let's play marry or kill. <laughs> well, I think it's. Mary, I think it's. 
F. It's just, just Mary Kill. Cause he nope, because there's only two of us. And Quinn. this show is not sexual, Carrie. It's not gonna get sexual today on this last Mar- one. Okay, so. just Mary and Kill. The HR department really doesn't want us to talk about who we're going to Oh, I thought we were going to talk so about like some of instead, our serial killers marry ever. No, Tanner has to pick between you and me. He has to marry one of us and kill one of oh, us. You, oh, I thought we were going to do some of our me episodes. Me too, Tanner. You want me to do me you? and Carrie. That is oh so God. aggressive, Quinn. It's very intense. <laughs> I'm not going to do this. Tanner. That's so <laughs> scary. It's because he'd kill me and he knows I will go to sleep tonight thinking about why did Tanner kill me? <laughs> I know. I, I think know. he would say Mary just so you wouldn't keep asking him <laughs> months and months down the line, and he's on his deathbed, and the phone's and he goes, ringing. And kill Carrie. Why did you say kill me? Quinn, quit trying to set us up, okay? <laughs> it's I've had enough. I have enough. a feeling it's, it's been a not year. gonna work. <laughs> I have a hunch it's not gonna work. I have hmm. a feeling too, considering that I'm already. Okay, taken wait. Let's play Mary <gasps> by a man. <laughs> taken by a man. That makes one of us. Okay, so. <laughs> Well, it makes two of us. It makes actually us, two of you. Not three, though. Me, hey, by the way, yeah. let me use this episode to go, hey, Carrie's single. You know what? Any takers? Call, Call in. in. Find us on Truly Darkly Creeply. Her number will be posted at the end of the episode in the show notes. Look for Carrie's phone number. Yeah, I don't think that's a good <laughs> idea a considering, link. you know, just just wait till we get to the part of the episode where we start looking at our reviews. And I think <laughs> you're going to get some some hits and some misses. Listen, okay? you're not So it might be not a good listen, idea to put that out. Podcasting isn't for the faint of heart. You're never going to be everyone's favorite. People aren't going to like you. And that's just a fact. Um, <laughs> moving on. People aren't going to like your voice. <laughs> People aren't going to see your face, but they're going to feel like they wouldn't like your face. This is getting dark. Okay, wait, wait. wait. Uh, next wait, question. Okay, next, next question. question. <laughs> Tanner, were you were you into true crime before you came on board with Crime of a Lifetime? Um, I've worked on a lot of true you crime have. shows. I did a show about the Menendez brothers, which we never covered. No, but we did in um, Truly Darkly it's Creepily. Case. It's a great I, case. I'm super into that case. And I did another one about a serial killer in San Francisco. So I have a lot of experience with true crime. Um, But this show was kind of taking that and amplifying it because every week is like a new, horrifying, sometimes like funny, interesting case. But most of the time just like really depressing and anxiety inducing. So my experience doing true crime here has been like um, not – I don't – I'm not in love with true crime. I'll say that. I'm not like in lo- – I love storytelling and these stories mm-hmm. are so interesting and there's so many like complex right. things that happen. Uh, but I don't want to – But there was – I would love to there, do something I think <laughs> less it's interesting murdery. that you – Yes, well, that's interesting. I was just going to tell our listeners that um, we – the way that we decide on what stories to tell on this podcast is that we have – pitch sessions and we all get to bring a story or two to the table and say I think we should cover this you guys and some of those stories get greenlit and those are the ones that you that we move forward we research and you get to hear and they become episodes and some of them get stalled out for a variety of reasons Um, maybe they haven't been adjudicated or there's something complicated with uh, the case some of them it's just that you know Maybe one of us is really excited and the rest of us um, are reserved about it uh, for some reason. But I do think that it's interesting that Tanner would, in leading these pitch meetings, would sometimes ask us, could you please bring a case that's not a murder, <laughs> that doesn't yeah. have a murder? Any, uh, There's lots of kinds of crime out there. And I do think that, um, 
you know, you do a a few serial killers in a row and you need a little palate cleanser. cleanser. Yeah, for sure. Tanner, what was the case that is the most haunting to you? Or I mean, this, I guess it goes for both Quinn and or Or gave gave you nightmares. nightmares. Like what was the case that has stayed with you? Hmm. That is a good question. I can tell you mine. Yeah, please tell me yours. I can tell you that mine would have been the episode that we did um, called A Fire in Their Bones. And it was Mm. about the next door neighbor that seemingly with nearly no motive killed this woman that he lived next door to and poisoned um, her whole family, really. And it, it, the senselessness of it and uh, the fact that it was maybe just over as small an issue as a noise complaint. And the idea that he put this poison in their house, not even knowing who of them, would it be the husband, the wife, the sons? Could it have been their granddaughter who was just a kid? He didn't know who was going to consume what he had poisoned. So just the wildness of living next door to somebody and just having like, not even like, they weren't even like crazy enemies. It was just like, I don't really like my neighbors. I'm going to kill them. Absolutely. That, as a matter of fact, Quinn, I'm glad you said that. That is exactly the episode that I would say. In fact, that is... No, no, it is true. That is the episode that uh, it compelled me, it propelled (laughs) me, it made me so anxious um, Mm -hmm. about my own life. Like, I I started, like, worrying about things that I was consuming. Oh, my gosh. Like, I Mm -hmm. kind of had, like, a little hypochondriac kind of, like, moment from that episode because it was so disturbing. Uh, and I think it's exactly what you said uh, that makes it so disturbing is this guy didn't have a motive. He was just – it was like noise complaints. He didn't like that his neighbor made a lot of noise. And mm-hmm. so he decided that he would kill them or poison them, try to kill them in the most painful and horrific way possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just – it really struck me so much so that I um, I feel like that was the episode – where I decided we need some non-murder hmm. stuff. Yeah. I feel I feel very strongly that episode was disturbing and he was such a, like, an evil sort of mastermind and I don't mm-hmm. throw around the term evil yeah. lightly. Like he was a psychopath who probably would have done a lot more horrific crimes, murders, Well, you know what I always think about, Tanner? I always think about that room they found. With the shackles? In the house. When they arrested him, they found that he was building this sort of what appeared to be almost a secret torture chamber. And they don't know who it was meant for, but it had a... It it didn't look like it was a room that was about consent. I'll say that. What's also so scary is he was designing all of those... He was designing all those murder mystery parties where he was basically dictating how he was poisoning that family, right? It was like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. audacity, the sheer audacity of someone to hide in plain sight like that, I think is so scary too, right? That that feeling of right. that that they have no remorse or fear of being caught, I think is so scary. Well, you know, I, th- I think that those murder mystery parties were his trophies in a very yeah. strange way. He didn't take anything. He didn't go back into the house after he, you know, 
caused this death, but instead he wanted to find a way to relive what he had done and feel powerful about it and flirting with uh, disaster and getting caught and having these murder mystery parties that alluded to what he had yeah. done. He was getting high off yeah. that. I think the case, I think the case for me that stayed with me, I don't know. It's really hard. That is honestly, I asked the question and I go, Oh, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> it's really hard. But I think mm-hmm. Leslie Wilfred, the Munchausen by proxy mom that we covered. And I think yeah. that partnered with, um, Maybe I changed my mind. That partnered with the interview that we did on the Munchausen by Proxy expert was so informative and interesting. And I think I get these two mixed up on my end because I also think of Lisa Montgomery, the fetal abduction case that we covered early on in the series. Um, And similarly, that we coupled with an amazing interviewer. The next was an interview with a criminologist who was the leading expert in female serial killers. And she gave me this tidbit of information that has stayed with me. I think that's really what this comes down to. It's what I learned from those episodes, which was um, the leading cause of death for pregnant people is homicide. That is bone chilling. That for sure was probably is probably the darkest thing (laughs) that I've encountered in this um, in, in, in crime of a lifetime. And I feel like, I feel like the reason is, is because that affects so many people and the, the cases that we won't be able to cover, but finding out that mm-hmm. the leading cause of death for pregnant people is homicide is just, it's so, that's so scary, so haunting, so chilling. Yeah. And on the, on the note of Leslie Wilfred, the Munchausen by proxy yeah. case in that interview, um, I also found that that case really yeah. disturbing, and the the expert that we talked oh, to about Munchausen, which there aren't very no, many, he was incredible. He's like one of like six Munchausen so experts cool. in the country, mm-hmm. which I was so surprised to hear that there. This is not something that is very commonly researched, I guess, uh, yeah. and I imagine it doesn't happen very commonly, as far as we are aware. Uh, but he said that um, I remember you both asking him about. Um, you know, the, the mortality rate for these yeah. children in this situation. Usually it is children, um, but can also be somebody like an elderly person being taken care of by their child. Um, and it was something like uh, he told us about this case where a woman killed several of her children yeah. because she also got satisfaction from the grief and the attention that grief Ugh, it's brought so her. chilling. And that was so disturbing and so uh, so contrary to what you think a mother would want for their family. Right. Even if you want attention for your child, you it's like you wouldn't want your child to die. Wouldn't you want to keep them alive? Like you're poisoning them yeah. slowly for attention, but you'd want to keep them alive. Well, that's what and he was saying you not. want. He that said, was so well, disturbing. He also said in that interview, he said killing a child with Munchausen by proxy is a failure because then the sympathy you get from a sick child is finite, right? You want to make, you want to, you want that to be drawn out as long as humanly possible because the sicker the child, the more um, attention and the fact that we know that they're not investigated because of the fear of malpractice suits and, you know, things like that, just the bureaucratic, um, 
the bureaucratic reasons why these Munchausen by proxy cases aren't thoroughly investigated when there is there they are suspected. It's because of the red mm-hmm. tape. It's because doctors are afraid if they don't treat this child, they will get sued for malpractice. It's like, and so we're more concerned about, you know, the the dollar amount versus the child's life, which is just, I mean, of course, that's like a very oversimplification of what happens there, but it <laughs> that is haunting. Can I just shift gears yeah, for here sure. for a second and ask you both yeah, a question? Um, mm. You kind of ask me this question, but I'm curious, what is... What is the thing that you, you both are going to miss about uh, crime of a lifetime? Oh, I, not when it's in, when it's over. I know. Oh my god! Honestly, like yeah. everything. I actually, I love pitch meetings. I love uh, hearing ten stories <laughs> in an hour and a half is really really fun. Um, like those blitzes are just. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I feel like um, the same reason you like listening to a podcast to just get 10 really quick, scary stories is a blast. I love recording, but I think the thing I might miss most is actually doing the research. Um, You know, who among us doesn't get excited about a topic and stay up uh, late and go down a rabbit hole and end up in places like, you know... my research would take me, I'd read the books, I'd watch the movies, and then I'd end up on Reddit, you know, just like seeing what are people saying, because I couldn't get enough of now I just want to talk about this and like hear what other people are saying about this. And some of our cases had very uh, mysterious elements to them. I, we certainly didn't specialize in unsolved. But at the same time, there were moments where I'd, I'd be researching something, and I'd be like, I, I don't even think he killed all these people. I think that you know, Todd Kolhep, for right. instance, and the questions of did he over-report his kills? Did he under-report his kills? I, I, I love going down the rabbit hole and hearing what everybody thinks about it. So I'll miss, I'll miss the research the most. What about you, Mine Carrie? Mine is going to sound way less romantic, but when Quinn and I do Truly Darkly Creepily, it's just us. Right. I mean, it's it's so wonderful. We love working together. Obviously, we do it often. But like, it's just us. So, you know, Quinn will edit, I will edit and we will put it out. And it's like a real labor of love. I think what I am going to miss about Crime of a Lifetime is just the team. The fact that we have like a sound editor and there were multiple people doing research and that there were people listening to our podcast to make sure it's the best final product. And it's like having more hands on something. Um, And, you know, from a selfish perspective, I love not having to listen to myself. Have you guys ever had to listen to yourself for hours? Quinn has. She doesn't mind it. I do. I, do I don't editing. love yeah. it. So, and I still listen to every. Yeah, Carrie's very I'm very critical, critical of myself, and so it's that's why she can't do the editing when we do. I truly can't. Darkly do, creepily. I do the she second would take pass. out every yeah, time. Yeah, it would it would just be Quinn. I do the second pass. Quinn does like the big the big blind share of it, and then I go and anyway. Enough about truly darkly creepily. That's going to be our future. But I I miss I will miss the many hands make light work aspect of crime of a lifetime. And I also think that everybody just having more people, it's, I love working with people. I love, I loved our pitch meetings. I loved, you know, I felt really heard in our pitch meetings, which always felt really nice. Like everybody just 
mm-hmm. wanted to put out the best possible product. And I and I really enjoyed working it with everybody. I have a follow-up yeah. to that. I, I want to know then, uh, for either of you, is there, um, now that we don't have uh, another year ahead of us to make more yeah. episodes, I would ask... What's the one that got away Ooh, for you? Yes. Was there a show that you already yes. had pitched? I, can I or answer that, it? That didn't make it? Um, yeah. Sarah Cruzen. <laughs> I don't know if we can say that, but there was an... Oh, the ghost. The ghost, the ghost of Sarah Cruzen. I mean, she's alive. No, she's Sarah alive. alive. But we're chasing Sarah this Cruzen story for so long. Was, is this incredible case that I read her memoir. Oh, that's another word that Quinn could not say. I just want to make a note that we're adding that to... What, how do you... Quinn calls it a memoir, and memoir. I make fun of her every time. Um, I read Sarah Cruzen's memoir and um, memoir. <laughs> See, I got confused. See, I read Sarah yep. Cruzen's memoir. It's not so easy. And, um, she is. She's just an incredible, incredible person. And unfortunately, we could not release that episode. And maybe in our future, we can release it, on, or we can talk about it in another form. Wink, wink. Um, but. She just a little. Can I do an elevator pitch for her episode? Is it is that okay? Yeah. Um, Sarah Cruzen was a sixteen year old young woman who had been trafficked um, since the age of thirteen, and eventually she killed the man who she accused of trafficking her. And in California, she was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole at sixteen years old. And because, because, you know, people heard about this case, she was able to start to tell her own story with the help of different groups. Um, she ended up getting out of prison. She was granted clemency twice, yeah. <laughs> right? By, one by shortening her sentence, and then she was par- – She and I think she was pardoned even. I mean, now I'm like – I think she was pardoned. Basically, three governors in California touched her case, Um and yeah, Schwarzenegger, Jerry Brown, and Gavin exactly, Newsom. and um, of mixed political um, backgrounds too of governors, mm-hmm. which I think was also noteworthy. Um, and now Sarah Cruzen is going around telling her story, and she is trying to enact laws in different states that they've named Sarah's Law, which would not allow young people to be punished with life without the possibility of parole. And it's sort of she's talking about criminal justice reform. And, you know, I, I just I was so inspired by her case and by her as a person. So that is the one that got away from me um, because I do think her mm-hmm. case deserves to be told and her story is remarkable and yeah that's the one that got away from me i don't want to dodge the question but my answer is not going to be specific i do have an answer to this question um but it's more about political of you yeah i know i'm such a politician here uh (laughs) doing playing all sides both sides sarah cruzen is the one case that we really went through all the motions to make as an episode and it didn't end up becoming an episode because of the constraints of doing this show for a network as large as A&E and Lifetime. Um, So I guess what I want to say is that peek behind the curtain here, like making this show is not at all like making truly darkly creepily in the sense that 
we there's some stories that we just can't tell for legal reasons and we are trying to be as factual as possible but it can be really difficult when you're talking about people who have done maybe you know people in some of the worst places in their lives and they're doing things that um we might characterize and uh, in a negative light. And so I guess my my answer to this question is a boring legalistic one where it was like all the cases where we just couldn't talk yeah. about them. You know, th- there are so many. There are dozens of cases where we just sure. couldn't do it. I would say like I was very excited. Um, one of my pitches to do the story of Michelle Hadley and uh, Angela Diaz got greenlit, but then in researching the case, we realized how much we wanted to include information on Angela Diaz's husband, Ian Diaz, and he had not seen his day in court. So for very obvious legal reasons, we were not able to present that to you. But I'm really excited because he has now had his trial, and it's a case that I'm really excited to do on Truly Darkly Creeply because guess what? I already did the research. (laughs) Thorough, thorough, thorough research. Okay, I have another question for the both of you. I, and it probably is the one that stayed with, it might be the, I don't know, I haven't answered that, whatever. Let me just ask the question. Let her ask it. Everybody calm down. Everybody (laughs) calm down. Um, This is what my life is, just (laughs) editing all this out. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, we, Quinn and I come from a comedy background. And so I think Quinn and I, we talked about our favorite inside jokes at the top of this, but there are some episodes that just aren't funny, right? I mean, I think we try to infuse laughter where we can because I think sometimes you just need to have like a deep breath when we're talking about these cases. But what is the what is the least funny episode to you? We had like our most, Whoa, maybe our like, let's go funny. most funny, least funny episodes. Let's go like high-low episodes. One that is definitely not funny at all was Kenya Monhey. Mm-hmm. Um, which was about, um, just a quick recap, it was actually a documentary made by A&E that we were able to adapt into an episode of our show. So we actually had interviews with the family members and friends of the victim. 
Um, and it is heart wrenching. It is tragic. All of us were um, watching it, the research and stuff before we were recording the episode, texting each other, are you crying? Are you crying? Mm-hmm. I'm crying. I cried mm-hmm. three times. I had to listen to the episode in editing over oh, and over God, again. Tanner. And every time we got to that yeah. moment where the father finds out that Kenya Monhe mm-hmm. is dead and he has to yeah. gather the strength to go tell his wife and children that their sister, their daughter, is not coming back. Um, that gets me... It got me every time. I cried every time I listened to it, um, which is simultaneously... It's so tragic. And then the producer in me was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Because <laughs> it's like... You know what I mean? It's all right to make no, it. I'm making it no, gross. No, but, like, but I, I mean, think when you true. tell a it was story, like, this you want it to so be evocative. Powerful. You want to either make people laugh or make people yeah. feel or think or cry or... You know, I mean, I think you want... When you tell a story, you do want big feelings. You know, whichever one. Agreed. Quinn, what about you? Well, I think Slow and Steady wins the heist is the funniest, easiest to laugh because uh, no one yeah, got hurt. for sure. And they're so no silly. One got hurt. They're so and ridiculous. They're t- and to have a murder, uh, to have a murder, to have a heist that is... Uh, that is inspired by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Amen. What's not? What's not to and love, and frankly. a heaping helping of marijuana yeah. as well. Don't forget <laughs> That's that. That's right. That's right. Stony balonies. Um, I, what I about would you, say Carrie? the saddest the 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 episode I had the most difficulty recording. I think you all know was Kara Robinson's. Kara yeah. Robinson. Yeah, Kara I think Robinson. with that yeah. one, I think a lot of times because of some of the legal restraints, we typically would cover cases that were from a while ago because it was easier to sort of tread into those waters or they'd be adjudicated. Um, And I think with Kara Robinson, what was amazing about her case is she ended up um, making a movie about this with Lifetime um, after we record our episode. No relation, obviously. It was just a coincidence. But what I think made her case so challenging was that this woman survived an abduction from a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And um, what was what was so amazing about her case and what was so challenging was that she is on social media talking about it. She is talking about her PTSD. She is talking about the effects this had on her life. And she is a real person. Um, and, I, and I think when we were doing her story, I just wanted to do her justice. I wanted to make sure to tell her story in a respectful way that honored her um, and her story. Um, and that for sure, that was probably one of the hardest episodes to record. Cause I felt like, you know, in social media, you feel you have these like parasocial relationships where she has made herself so available and ready. And we reached out to her and asked if she wanted to come on and it just wasn't the right time. But, um, I just, I, you know, I felt very protective of her story. And so that was a challenge yeah. for me. And, for sure. I think there are moments where I think I remember the joke we made about um, um, Dolores Puentes, where she we kept referring to her red coat. And I and I think I called Dorothea, Dorothea. Sorry, Dorothea, Dorothea, Dorothea Puentes. Puentes yeah. And I remember we kept talking about her red coat. And I don't know what possessed me, but I was like, oh, big like American Revolutionary fan. Or I made a joke about it and it made us chuckle that so actually... hard. You said American Revolutionary <laughs> cosplay. That's yeah. what you said. 
very and that and I think there's honestly like those, that that joke made me laugh so much. There's moments I think I left I it in because it. it made me laugh so much. Even though it was like I don't think this is gonna land for like an audience, but in the moment it was the funniest. We joke. thought, we it, thought was it was funny. I think it's those moments where like yeah, funniest episode is the ones where like not murder, you know, things like that. But I feel like I can look back at every episode and like. There's moments of just like what is happening um, and accidents. I love I love when people mispronounce words and then you can just laugh at them. Quinn, you've provided with me with so many laughs. I'm the queen of that. And I and you're, and for well, the record, I have to you because there was one recently where you wouldn't stop laughing. I think I said something. I don't remember. It was the last one we recorded. I was like, and then that happened, and you've. T- you lost your shit. I love. I love. I think Quinn and I are yeah. always starved for a laugh, and anytime that's there, we take it, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. But listen, I think what's really important is, um, we in the short year that we've been on, we've we've had so many people tune in to listen to us, which has been just like. So humbling, so incredible, so appreciated. Um, and we've loved, I've loved throughout this year, sort of like changing, adapting, growing, listening. I, we were just in this place where we were changing our cold opens. You know, I mean, it was cool that even, you know, the weeks before we found out that the podcast section was ending, we were making adjustments and trying to make our podcast better. Podcasting is this like really interesting art form where you just do it and try it and see what works, right? It's this like, I, I mean, I think from like where mm-hmm. we started. That's the magic. That's the magic of it. From where we started to where we ended, I think it's a different podcast. And I was really excited to see it grow and change um, and be more us, 100%. you know? And so I'm sad that that's cut short, but I'm excited to take what we've learned and put it in truly darkly creepily. But I do want to talk about the listeners, <laughs> right? Like, Ugh, yeah. do we have we to? We have to because it's, <laughs> we have they're incredible. Because they talk about us. We had a lot of people listening, um, and they have a lot of opinions. <laughs> Listen, like I said before, I didn't come into podcast. Well, I've said this in Truly Dark. I didn't come into podcasting to make friends. No, I came here to make a freaking podcast. No, no just kidding. I And, and, that, and that we, we did. did. We, we made some enemies along the way. Um, but we've made a lot of friends, which has been incredible. I think one of my favorite, uh, yeah. reviews was a five star that we got. What if you said your favorite review said, was a four star? <laughs> you know, it could have been That's the highest you, rating my, we got. Well, you know? actually, I'm going to tell you, my four, favorite no review fives. is actually one of the lower ones, but let's keep going. Someone said in their review that they wished that we were their neighbors. Oh, I love so that. So that they could introduce themselves to Aww. us and we could laugh together. And I love, I think that, uh, you know, in Truly Darkly Creepy, we have an opportunity to chat a lot more. And on Crime of a Lifetime, we kind of cut to the chase quickly. So I, I always, I just thought it was really nice that somebody felt like they knew us in that way or wanted to know us in that way because you never know how much of yourself is coming yeah. across when you're telling these stories. And uh, in the same vein, I thought it was really nice that uh, one of our reviewers noted that they really liked that we used a sense of humor, but we weren't disrespectful yeah. and we didn't detract from the seriousness of the crime because that is a balance we are always trying to strike. And it is important to us to find lighthearted moments when we are discussing these horrible things, but it is even more important than that 
is to be respectful of these people who are totally. real and we're telling their stories. Um, I think. Yeah. And can I say as a person who isn't Carrier Quinn that um, it is very enjoyable to listen and laugh. That means a lot, Tanner, because you. you have listened to us so much. So thank you. Um, I want to talk about my favorite review, which was <clears throat> a two star review. And the reason it's my favorite is because it really takes us on a journey. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is a long, (laughs) long review. So I'm not going to get into the – I mean, if you want to find it, go read it. It's there for the taking. Um, But basically this person decided to give us a two-star review because it apparently was not well-researched. And why I loved this review is because – I don't think they realize how much research we do on this podcast and the fact that we have... Maybe we sounded maybe we too sounded casual. Just like too, or they read one article that maybe said something different. I don't know. But what's interesting about this is, again, I mentioned it before, we have a massive team behind us to make sure that we're protected. We have legal. We have fact checkers. We have standards and practices. We have our research. Like We do, we do a lot of research on this podcast. And so to me, what was so funny is this person claimed we didn't research and they listed I, I honestly it's so long I'm not gonna he they probably I assume it's a he they probably researched you know this response I don't know but the best was the last moment at the end the hosts have chemistry it's salvageable so I just feel like we ended it was like this <laughs> thank, thank you, you. And, and that's what got us can that I, one can, extra can, star which I love don't forget, don't forget the oh, middle please, of please. this Tanner, give us two or three yes, paragraph, paragraph review, review that says, it's not a case of pedantry, um, <laughs> it, which it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> they are definitely talking down to us. It's, it's quite it's pedantic. I mean, funny. sorry, no offense. No offense Tanner, to this Tanner, that sounds like offense. Reviewer. You could just say offense meant. Um, I don't think this person is listening no, to our final no episode. No offense to this. <laughs> You're right. Well, no, no, no. They said it's salvageable. So they maybe are <laughs> listening to see if we take their advice and improve um the thing that they miss is that um something that i have definitely learned and i think we've all mm-hmm. learned in doing this show is we have access to a lot of like newspapers we have access to oh books, my gosh uh documentaries yeah. what happens when you have access and you're doing research on one of these stories is you find that lots of places will say different things it's happened. amazing newspapers will report completely different things happening it's incredible we don't know exactly. Somebody that knows. was humbling. Certainly not some of the people who were reporting these cases. Mm-hmm. Which it was very. It humbling. was really hu- it was. It's like, it was like this oh, game of this is not telephone easy. that happens in newspapers. And what it is, it's a sensational story comes up. One newspaper sort of like has some facts. Another reads that, tries to get more, adds more, maybe takes away. It's like it's truly like newspaper telephone, which was really interesting, but. You know what? As long as, you know, we have good chemistry, it's salvageable. So I do appreciate that. Well, we may have good chemistry, but according to one two-star review, one of our voices is cringeworthy. And Quinn and I got in a huge fight about one this. One is okay. Quinn and I- one is okay. No, one, one is even good. One is good. The other, <laughs> cringeworthy. And I just, I think that the fact that Carrie comes from a musical theater background... Well, And I come from a vocal French fry shop makes me question if it could possibly be anyone other. But let's also add this fact in, okay? I don't love listening to my voice either. So for me, it is. Carrie wrote the review. 
We got to the bottom of this. This is no longer a cold case. Solved. It was Carrie. It was Carrie behind with the, the computer, computer with, with the self hatred. Yep, that's me. We did it. I'm, Nailed it. I'm going to go ahead and settle this and say um, who I think is the cringeworthy Ooh. voice. I think both of you have aspects that are cringeworthy, oh, so it could you. go either Tanner, way. That means I feel so very much. seen and but heard. Here's my question: Which would you marry, and which <laughs> wow, would you I'm kill? I'm such a politician. <laughs> but wait, which would you marry, and which would um, you kill? We haven't gotten down to that. Mary Quinn, kill <laughs> Carrie. There we go. I'm <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Um, no, but I. I oh, we can, should end on like a happy review. Hold oh. on, hold on. I want to give oh, my give one, your, yes, my favorite review. Um, you know, this person, <laughs> they kept it short, they kept Ooh, it sweet, I don't know if they would say and sweet. they <laughs> sent it in early. Well, they kept it short, they kept it sour. Um, and when I say sour, I mean like I am puckered. Um, it's just titled Their Comedy, that's the subject, and the description is Hurts My Ears frowny face. I love that. Thank you. What a review. Quinn, and that's two Quinn, stars. It's not one star. Is, it's both of us. Your review hurts my heart. <laughs> oh. Frowny face. You know what? In that way, I think that person settled the bet. I think both of our voices are cringeworthy. There. We there. said it. Solved. Solved. Just like Tanner thought. I always am always amazed when people write. I mean, listen, I, I'm under the the, uh, the sort of feeling of if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. But, you know, we have out there that we look for reviews. I would like – it's just so funny to me that we are in a profession where people can just go – I don't like you <laughs> and like feel fine doing it. Yeah. It's a very interesting thing to be in. Um, it's an interesting world to be in. But I also am just like, who has the time? Like who has the freaking time? But also I'm so sorry. This podcast that you listen to for free is causing you so much pain. <laughs> but that seems like a you problem, not a me problem. We also had like, I just want to say the majority of our reviews were wonderfully kind and thoughtful and sweet and so Quinn do you want to take us out with our one of our favorite five-star reviews oh of course Carrie and I call uh our listeners on truly darkly creepily our dear readers and a dear reader uh we had some crossover so a couple uh people I like to think maybe more than a couple followed us from truly darkly creepily over to crime of a lifetime and you know what I'm I'm even optimistic they'll follow follow us back to truly darkly creepily all around the town we go. Um, merrily, merrily. But this dear reader left a review uh, and said that they are very happy that we still are giving them comedy, a well-written story, and and interesting true crime cases. Along with the Which art of Which is because of, of our dear, dear Tanner. There he is. There's a yes. tip. A nod of a hat to Tan. Can we, get a, can we get a ding sound effect in here? Ding. And some horse clip clops, I'd love. Oh, I do love a horse clip clop. And I know we you get, do. Can we also get a train like rolling into the station, like a steam yeah, train rolling in? Listen to that. Oh, can I, can I get a whoopee cushion? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Carrie. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, it smells. We, we should, should go. go. Well, uh, wait, besides, <laughs> I just want to see, like, I want to just say really quickly, though, where can... People, people can find Quinn and me on Truly Darkly Creepily. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me at the California Unemployment Ooh, Insurance Office. Oh. California Pizza Kitchen. I thought you were going to say Pizza Kitchen. No, no, no. I'll be at the Unemployment Office collecting. 
Also, um, wait. Because I am jobless now. But but you know what? You're jobless. Sorry, do you want me to give no, a better but you're answer? Ha- but you're healthy. We love that. I also, can I'm I do healthy. also a shameless- You can find me in Sevilla, Spain, <laughs> drinking Tinto de Verano and eating Friday. Can I also do another shameless plug of mine? As if I could okay, stop. Okay, I'm going to do it. While this episode is out, I am actually going to be in Scotland at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival doing my show Six Chick Flicks. So if you know anyone in Scotland who likes theater, tell them to come over to Edinburgh and check me out. So just wanted to say that. Wow, that fell on deaf ears. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Um, Sorry, you wanted to plug yourself in the middle of the episode. I I figured I should. Listen, I got to get it in while I can, Tanner. I don't know what to tell you. It's hard out there. It's true. No, being taken off the listen, air. you're not going to be done with us. We're going over to Truly Darkly Creepy. So for more Quinn and Carrie and our cringeworthy voices, find us there. But we mentioned before we have this incredible team behind us. And, you know, sometimes you stay for the credits, sometimes you don't. So we sort of want to give a shout out to all the people that make to all the people that made this show possible. <gasps> yeah. Past Let's give tense. A shout out. No, oh, my God. Yeah. That, that hurt hurts. My heart. That's that where hurts. we're at. Winding down, folks. Um. I guess I should I should uh, do the credit. Do some of these credits just because you know them. Uh, We've never Carrie met. And Quinn, <laughs> Carrie and Quinn have never met some of these people um, <laughs> because they're people that I we brought always on we always Hazel talk to them on the episodes, and I wonder if they hear us or you cut it out before they get it. But we're always like, "Hey, oh, Arlen, I don't cut it out before hey, they Hansdale. get it. They hear okay, it. Okay, good. Yeah. So um, our two sound designers, Hansdale She and Arlen Ginsburg. Thank you. Um, they are so incredible. They've been with us for the whole show. They've both done an amazing job, and I was very sad to tell them that they're no longer going to be able to be sound designers on this show anymore. Um, they are the ones who add all the music, all the sound effects. They make it sound good. They make Carrie and Quinn sound less cringeworthy. Well, considering um, Quinn and I travel quite a bit, I think they had their hands full for sure with us trying different locations. Absolutely. So that is not to be taken for granted. So Shout out to, to the cars uh, on the street outside Carrie's old Woo-hoo! apartment. Shout um, out to the sirens. <laughs> Uh, another person who Carrie and Quinn never got to meet but was instrumental to the show was our fact checker, Ooh. Jesse Remedios, who's actually a reporter in Boston um, and does this on the side. And he did an incredible job and it was a pleasure to work with. And I just wanted to give him a yes. shout out um, while, while while we can. Um, let's give another shout out to John Thrasher, who Quinn and I have met he is our senior producer, and I and I do want to give an honorary shout out to Julie Magruder, who started this whole show off. Um, hired, hired me, all of us. Hired, brought Carrie and Quinn. Um, in. So I want to give her a shout out before we have to part ways. But an amazing eye for an amazing talent. Amazing eye, absolutely. Um, but also, but John and Julie, both of them, um, helped make the show what it was. Yeah, and also, what a great name, John Thrasher, for a true crime producer. Yeah, the best. (laughs) I would also like to thank Jesse Katz and Amy Lynn, without whom this never would have been possible. And they are They're stars. They're amazing. And I also want to give a shout-out to Alicia Gaynor, who got us paid. We loved you. We love you. You might have been our you, very favorite. You were a real star. I also, this podcast department is not just this group. There are many, 
many more. Um, the people at history, sports, life to everybody, everybody who made this department what it was. Um, thank you for all your hard work over our time the last year, but I know it spans for years beyond that. And we cannot go out no. without mentioning the person who is not here today that otherwise would be um, Hazel, Hazel, our associate producer. May. I feel like of course. she needs a special needs a little special. shout out because unlike many of the people that I named, um, we worked with her every week. Hazel and Quinn and Gary, yeah, we've all been working together this whole time, um, and she was, she is. An incredible producer and she and an incredible person ins- too. And an incredible person. Yes. And she has been instrumental in the success of this show and our ability to get you all episodes every week on the dot, Tuesdays for a year. Um, I'm also gonna say quickly, Quinn, thank you. Tanner, thank you. You guys are the best. Don't thank Don't. Carrie Quinn. Yeah, we Don't are. <laughs> I know I'm not going to do it. You're welcome. I see she's baiting. I'm she's not baiting. I she's really am for grateful. a compliment, and I'm, I'm not, not. going to do it. No, no, it's okay, not going to happen. And finally, <laughs> to lifetime. I thought you were going to say finally. I'd like to no. thank myself. Thank me. Thank Absolutely me. not. No, thank you, lifetime. Thank you, no, Annie. Thank you, Carrie. Thank no, you, no, Carrie. no. I do it for love and money. Okay, fine. Never mind. <laughs> I take it back. You know what? Thank you, Lifetime. It wasn't a lifetime, as promised. But I don't know if we could say it was promised. It, was a great it wasn't a lifetime of podcasts, but it certainly was a year in the life time of podcasts. So <laughs> we'll take we'll it. Take we'll it. take what we can get. And again, if you'd like to hear us again, we got an episode of Truly Darkly Creeply coming out this Friday and then every Friday after that. So tons, tons and tons of cringe-worthy voices delivering you cringe-worthy content. <laughs> and that's all she wrote. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. It was nice talking to you for once. <laughs> Catch more gripping stories pulled straight from the headlines with all new original series and movies on Lifetime. And stream on the Lifetime app or on demand. Check out mylifetime.com to find out what's airing because it just might be the case we talk about next. Crime of a Lifetime is produced by Tanner Robbins. Our associate producers are Hazel May and us. Quinlan Posner. And Carrie Ipema. Our sound designer and editor is Hans Dale Shee. Our senior producer is John Thrasher. McKamey Lynn is our supervising producer and Jesse Katz is our executive producer. If you like what you hear on the show, please subscribe, rate, and review Crime of a Lifetime on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Copyright 2023, a Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? 
Go stream something new on Hulu.